Drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Monday, March the 28th, 2022. Praise be to Jesus. Today we're going to be talking about a very difficult subject. We've had uh, this guest on before, Nick McKinley from Deliver Fund. It's been, I don't know, probably a year since we've had him on. Uh, But uh, incredible, incredible organization helping to capture, to find, to hunt down, and to see to the rest of the sex slave traders, human traffickers, And Nick McKinley is going to be our guest to talk about where we're at with that coming up at 35 past the hour. He also helped to save women and children out of Afghanistan, too. So we may touch on that. Of course, it was a big weekend. I had a great opportunity to be in Buffalo, New York this week at the Western New York Catholic Men's Conference. Oh, it was so much fun. So many guys came up to say they love Catholic Drive Time, and we could not be more appreciative to that. Thank you. Thank you so much for your generous outpouring of support. This weekend, I want to thank Deacon Mike there and the team, Rick, for hanging out with us and setting up a little listener meetup at the St. Gregory's, St. Gregory the Great. Praise be to God. Paul, it was so good to see you. Thank you for hanging out with us. And I also want to give a special shout out to Louise Simerman. Louise dropped off when I was at the conference a thousand blessed, miraculous medals that she wanted us to give away. So, Louise, I have already started the process by giving them away. Uh, God is so very good, but we will be uh, giving more of these away on your behalf. Thank you for your generosity, Louise. We're very grateful to you. Praise be to God. Good morning to Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Wow, that is a massive bag it, of yes. miraculous medals. All blessed. <laughs> Amazing. I know. I think what I'm going to do Praise is be to God. we'll give some away here. Uh, when whenever we send out our uh, our prize packs, oh, we'll yeah. give some away there. But I think I was going to send some to all the GMs and the GRN, and that's uh, a great idea. And have them give us give some away too. That way we can spread the love. Oh, speaking of which, I got to uh, go see the studio of the Station of the Cross I in saw Buffalo. Praise God! Very cool studio. I mean, super nice. By the way, dear listener, if you don't know what a Miraculous Medal is, we did an episode about it not too long ago, just a few months ago. So if you go onto our YouTube page, you can look for Miraculous Medal, Our Lady of the Miraculous Medal, and uh, you'll get a primer as to the the special promises you get from wearing this sacramental. Amen. Yeah. By the way, uh, big news uh, over the weekend. uh, President Biden calls for the ousting of Vladimir Putin. That's interesting. Well, not not him, (laughs) but everybody around him is backtracking. Uh, The European Parliament slamming Justin Trudeau because I guess he got invited to speak there and they're like slamming him for his human rights violations. Uh, Let's see. Will Smith smacks Chris Rock. So uh, there's a lot of the news today. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to Adrian. Speaking of uh, smacking Chris Rock. Uh, I, I promise you, have you I ever have never, wanted to? I have never is, even met Chris Rock. Is, is it on your uh, <laughs> to-do list, your agenda, your top ten? Or a... To be honest, I don't even know who Chris Rock is. <laughs> That's good. I don't know. Is he a musician? He's a comedian. He's a comedian. And an okay. actor. And an actor. Yeah. yeah. What is he in? Is he in anything interesting? 
Uh, uh, probably not to of, you. A lot, lot of crass, <laughs> probably not, crass probably not. stuff. I was on the plane <laughs> yesterday, and I had just finished this book on uh, the Rebel Yell there about uh, Stonewall Jackson. Oh, Great yeah. book, by the way. Really love that book. He's a fascinating guy. Yeah. But I was. Oh, he was in Madagascar. I yeah. I, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> there you go. That's true. I've seen that one. I had to. F- I had some time, so I I picked up the the entertainment app, and it's I could watch oh, a, no. a movie, and I watched Will Smith's King Richard. Okay. About raising Venus and Serena Williams, and I was—I watched part of it anyway, and I was—I was taken by this movie, and then to then to find out he was smacking Chris Rock is kind of a, an interesting contrast there. But uh, either way, on another subject, I want to thank everybody for the shareathon, and I hear that. Adrian, you and Rudy had a great hour. We oh, killed we it. Killed Please it. be to God. Mm-hmm. Can I just ha- get for the glory? Hats of off to both of you for and the listeners for donating. Yeah, Crazy thanks. Rudy. Thanks so much. <laughs> it's really. a great way to end on a Friday, huh? Excellent. It was great. It was fantastic. How, how, I had a great how did time. It, like, what was your goal? How, how, how'd you do? Well, we kind of just went into it thinking uh, we we want to just destroy the goal. We want to just show everybody up and. And just embarrass you, Joe. Just kidding. Well, praise God. Listen. <laughs> just joking. No, I, I'm kidding. Well, based but, on Thursday's we performance, we needed it. Yeah, we did need it. But uh, it went really well. Uh, I think somewhere in the middle, we we stopped to do the consecration and uh, awesome. we're streaming that. So yeah. That was pretty nice. Praise be to God. Thanks, well, thanks be to God for, for all the people who, who kept Catholic Radio online. Well, congratulations to the both of you for having such a great hour on Friday. Thank you. And thank you, dear listener, for uh, supporting your local Catholic radio station. It really means the world to us. So God love you and God bless you. All right. I also really quick want to thank uh, Chrissy Escamilla and Teresa Vincent today. You are taking today to pray fast and do penance for our Lenten campaign, our Lenten intentions, which are linked up on grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Let's begin with prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most incomprehensible, and unutterable name of God be always praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and under the earth by all the creatures of God and by the sacred heart of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Monday, March 28th, and these are your headlines. Reuters reports Russia reframes war goals as Ukrainians advance near Kiev. The combat potential of the armed forces in Ukraine has been considerably reduced, which makes it possible to focus our core efforts on achieving the main goal, the liberation of Donbass, said Sergei Rudskoy, head of the Russian General Staff, Staff's main operational directorate. And uh, Breitbart reports BlackRock chief Larry Fink says Ukraine war marks the end of globalization. Mm-hmm. In a letter to shareholders, Fink said the Russian invasion of Ukraine has put an end to the, to the globalization we have experienced over the last three decades. It has left many communities and people feeling isolated and looking inward. I believe this has exacerbated the polarization and extremist behavior we're seeing across society today. Fink is notorious for pushing a woke capitalism agenda on U.S. companies, using the financial might of BlackRock to force companies to adopt divisive racial policies and environmental issues. And this is uh, coming out of the Daily Wire, girls only. Utah legislature overrides governor's veto and bans biological males from women's sports. Praise God. The Utah legislature has overridden Republican Governor Spencer Cox's veto of the state's bill banning biological males from women's sports. From the beginning, my goal has been to protect and preserve women's 
sports and speak out for Utah's female athletes. Republican Utah State Representative Kara Berkeland, the uh, sponsor of the bill, said, We have seen the possibility of such legislation play out recently, and I am proud to stand up and fight for girls who have the opportunity to compete on an even playing field. And the Epic Times reports White House not seeking regime change in Russia, according to Blinken. Secretary Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said Sunday that the United States doesn't have any plans for regime change in Russia, backtracking from comments Biden made that Russian President Vladimir Putin cannot stay in power amid the conflict in Ukraine. He said, I think the president, the White House, made the point last night that quite simply, President Putin cannot be empowered to wage war or engage in aggression against Ukraine or anyone else, he said. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Venturino of Bergoma. He was born in Bergoma and received the habit of the Order of Friars Preachers, otherwise known as Dominicans, at the convent of St. Stephen, Bergoma, at 22nd of January, 1319. From 1328 to 1335, he won fame preaching in all the cities of Upper Italy. In February 1335, he planned to make a penitential pilgrimage to Rome with about 30,000 of his converts. His purpose was misunderstood, and Pope Benedict XII, then residing at Avignon, thought that Ventura wished to make himself pope. He wrote letters to Giovanni Paganotti, bishop of Anangi, his spiritual vicar to the canons of St. Peter's and St. John Lateran's, and to the Roman senators, empowering them to stop the pilgrimage. This complaint to the Dominican Master General resulted in an ordinance of the Chapter of London condemning such pilgrimages. The Pope's letters and commands, however, did not reach Venturino, and he arrived in Rome on the 21st of March, 1335. He was well-received and preached in various churches. Twelve days later, he left Rome without explanation, and the pilgrimage ended in disorder. In June, he requested an audience with Benedict XII at Avignon, and he was seized and cast into prison. He was restored to favor by Pope Clement VI, who appointed him to preach a crusade against the Turks on the 4th of January, 1344. His success was remarkable, and he urged the Pope to appoint Umbert II of Dupoine, whose friend and spiritual advisor he had been, leader of the crusade, but Umbert proved incapable, and the crusade came to nothing. Venturino's writings consisted of sermons, most of them now lost in letters, and and he died in Smyrna. St. Venturino of Bergoma, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 4, verses 43 through 54. At that time, Jesus left Samaria for Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his native place. When he came into Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, since they had seen all he had done in Jerusalem at the feast for they themselves had gone to the feast. Then he returned to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. Now there was a royal official whose son was ill in Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, who was near death. Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The royal official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, You may go. Your son will live. The man believed what Jesus said to him and left. 
While the man was on his way back, his slaves met him and told him that his boy would live. He asked them when that began, when he began to recover. They told him, the fever left him yesterday, about one in the afternoon. The father realized that just at that time, Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And he said, and he and his whole house came to believe. Now this was the second sign Jesus did when he came to Galilee from Judea. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, when is it going to be Easter Sunday? That coffee is... Ah, can't wait. Just can't wait to get the coffee back. But at any rate, praise be to God in all things. You know, I, there were so many great contrasts today in the gospel. Uh, Origen said, quote, Our Lord, by ejecting those who sold sheep and oxen from the temple, had impressed the Galileans with a strong idea of his majesty, and they received him. His power was shown no less in this act than in making the blind see and the deaf to hear. But probably he had performed some other miracles as well. Close quote, Origen. Chrysostom, however, pointed out a very fascinating contrast. You might remember in Matthew's gospel, we get the centurion story. It seems very similar, and some people believe it's the same story, just a different title, but not St. Chrysostom. And some of the other church fathers, too, they say these are two separate individuals and two separate occasions, and the contrast teaches us something. Chrysostom says, quote, the centurion was confirmed faith and true devotion, and therefore our Lord was ready to go. But the nobleman's faith was still imperfect, as he thought our Lord could not heal in the absence of the sick person. But Christ's answer enlightened him, and the man believed the word which Jesus had spoken to him and went his way. He did not believe, however, wholly or completely. Close quote, St. Chrysostom. That's fascinating. The centurion had pure faith. Just say the word, and I know that my servant will be healed. Whereas the nobleman says, no, you got to come. You got to come. No, you got to come. There's a great difference here. Christum would go on to say, they met him to announce what had happened and prevent Christ from coming. They, meaning the servants of this nobleman, they were trying to come. They didn't want the embarrassment of seeing this prophet in their house, which is causing a stir and a controversy. So his servants were actually kind trying to come stop the nobleman from bringing Jesus to the house by saying, hey, he's dead already. So just don't bring him here. Don't bring him here. So he says, they, the servants, met him to announce what had happened and prevent Christ from coming as he was no longer wanted. He, meaning Jesus, that the nobleman did not fully believe is shown by what follows. They inquired he of them at what hour he began to amend. He wished to find out whether the recovery was accidental or owing to our Lord's word. Close quote, St. Chrysostom. So... Are we more like the centurion, the Roman? Are we more like the Jewish nobleman? Let's meditate on that today. We'll be right back. What's Concerning Us is coming up next. Protestants often think that the difference in the Greek words for Peter's name, Petros, and the rock, Petra, in Matthew 16, 18, is evidence against Peter being the first pope. But does this objection deal the death blow that Protestants think it does? Nope, and here's why. First, even in the Greek of the New Testament called Koine Greek, scholars recognize that there's no difference in meaning. In the IVP Bible background commentary, Craig Keener affirms that these two terms were cognate terms that were used interchangeably by this period. 
this view is supported by the fact that John tells us in John 142 that the Aramaic equivalent of Petros is Cephas, which means rock. So why the difference? Gender. Petros is masculine and Petra is feminine. It makes perfect sense that a feminine noun would not be used for a masculine name. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. There will come a day when each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit catholicscomehome.org. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Nick McKinley from the Deliver Fund is going to be our guest. Nick was a former Special Forces Air Force and CIA agent and uh, left his work at the CIA to create an organization that could use the same sort of skill level, tactics, strategies, same kind of people in the intelligence and Special Forces communities to hunt down human traffickers. We've had him on in the past. We, we wanted to get him back because there was a big story out of Florida and uh, we want to catch up on that story. So that's coming up at 35 past the hour. But there are, as I say, several stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you. And here's one, another one, Rudy, out of your, your home state of California. Hey, man, don't bash The beautiful California. state of California. It is beautiful. A wonderful, incredible, Yikes. emptying state of California. It's and overrun by you know, liberals. You, you reported that they were well, – didn't you report that they were making an abortion tourist industry out there? Yes. So there's a couple of states that are doing that, and uh, it's in response to bills that are taking place like the one here in Texas that are uh, considered to be like heartbeat, heartbeat bills. Yeah. Yeah. So in order to circumnavigate all of that stuff, they're offering to bring women out there, pay for their expenses and stuff yeah. like that for them to receive an abortion. Really despicable things. Per, yeah. Well, here's another story. Pro-abortion California bill could legalize infanticide for months after birth. Attorney warns. Let that sink in for a second. Months after the baby's born. Uh, the article goes, a gruesome pr a new pro-abortion bill proposed in California could legalize infanticide for weeks, months, or even years after a child is born, an attorney with the Thomas More Society told LifeSite News. AB 2223 was introduced in February as a placeholder for future legislative language amid a raft of pro-abortion proposals advanced by lawmakers following a radically pro-abortion Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom's promise to make California's sanctuary for abortion rights to life. Abortion, according to Right to Life League. Well, I got to say that correctly because <laughs> Gavin Newsom is definitely not for a right to life. On March 17th, the bill's author submitted updated language to amend existing laws. Under the new language, a, quote, person shall not be subject to civil or criminal liability or a penalty or otherwise deprived of their rights based on their, their actions or omissions with respect to their pregnancy or actual potential or alleged pregnancy outcome, including miscarriage, stillbirth, or abortion, or prenatal death, close quote. Thomas More Society Special Counsel Charles Lamandry, a partner at Lamandry and Jonah LLP, 
who earned his law degree from Georgetown University in Washington, D.C., told LifeSite in an email Saturday that the altered language would allow for, quote, the brutal murder, close quote, of babies weeks, months, or even years after they were born. This is not a new thing. There's these... Far-left folks who are very pro-abort have been pushing for this because it all comes down to when does life begin? And if that definition is relative, if it's fungible, if it depends on your opinion versus my opinion, well, then the prevailing of powers and authorities get to have their opinion, and then it doesn't matter, versus when life begins based on natural law, natural uh, truth, right? Truth itself, being truth being a person, Jesus Christ. Being at conception, well, we've been we've been debating and arguing this, but one of the downsides to going back to states' rights is states get to choose. So if Roe v. Wade gets overturned and we go back to states' rights, yes, a majority of states, I think, will go back to getting rid of abortion in, in their states, praise be to God. But states like California, New York, um, I'm sure many others will keep this, and they may even go more radical because now it's up to them to decide. Could you imagine Aborting a baby two, three, four months after birth? That's preposterous. How do they intend to go about that? What manner of execution will they employ? Yeah, I I read a story, too. I think it was regarding this. Uh, They would just kind of leave the baby out. Oh, like Like the Romans did. Yep. They just expose him to the elements. Exactly. How horrible is that? It's it's really despicable, Joe. I mean, you know, you you hate to, to see these stories... Honestly, it's not it's not all that, you know, all that fun to report them to you. But these are things that are happening in our country. And uh, it, I, I don't know what to say. It's just so despicable. When, when I was <laughs> I in Buffalo, we would get wiped off the earth. <laughs> ouch. <laughs> when I was we deserve in, it. When I was in. Oh, man. Please, Lord, save our souls. Uh, when I was in Buffalo over the weekend, by the way, a lot of guys came up and said they love the show. And. Oh, yeah. Many of the guys said, please say hi to Adrian and Rudy for me. Oh, praise God. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, you're leaving a mark out there. Thank you for that. Um, but I talked to a doctor who had referred three women to abortion at the conference. You know, and, and he said the first one he did was a young girl. She was a teenager, and the parents brought her, and they, no other option, right? Like, well, her life will be ruined. So he referred her to an abortion, and then she wouldn't have the abortion, and then she came back to— to see him, and she just stood in his doorway and just stared at him. Ugh. And she said, do you remember me? And he said, yes. And then she just stared at him, and then she walked away. That is so sad. Think about that. That's crazy. Crazy. I mean, just I invited him on. He's, I'm going to reach out to him to see if he wants to come tell that story because it obviously affected him and his life and his career, and now he's pro-life and— and uh, he witnesses to pro-life in his community. But uh, we'll hopefully get him on the show. You know, um, I heard another story, too. I, I happened randomly to come across this, uh, this video of this 99-year-old woman from in the 1970s. She was, she was telling a story about when she was a young girl in, I think, in Maine, uh, back in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Uh, or her mom, I think it was her mom's story from the 1800s in Maine. And there was a woman, a young a girl from their community at 13 was sent to the city to work in a factory to send money home. And this young girl uh, got into a relationship with her boss, got pregnant, and they took the child and adopted it off. And the young girl was sent home. <clears throat> she never told her family, but she was devastated by this. And then long story short, she uh, 
she became like a, an like an old maid, right? She did, never mm-hmm. wanted to marry or see anybody. She was just devastated by this. Well, she did encounter her son later in life, but she did not know it was her son, and she entered into a relationship with that with that man, only to discover that that was her biological son. And then the family finds out, and they shun her, and she ends up dying, starved to death, in in a home isolated from her community. And even though this story is not about abortion, the whole time I kept thinking. The devastation between a mother and a child in an abortion is, is the same effect as what we saw in this woman's life. You know, that separation between her and her child emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually was so, so hard uh, that I think that's a, that's a connection we cannot really wrap our heads around most of the time. It's, I think most of the women who get abortions can't wrap their heads around it. Yeah, there's, there's documented evidence that there's a significant amount of trauma that goes into uh, – that is a result of an abortion. And that's something that's seldom ever talked about. And just think about the trauma that you're going to have if you did something like this, like what California is proposing, killing off your baby two months after it's born. Yeah, yeah. Do you think you're going to be able to live with that? No. I mean, that's the. I think that's the issue too, right? A lot of these women are struggling with that internally, but they they don't know how. They don't have the tools to understand to to wrap their head around this. But they're they're hurt. They're they're damaged. Yeah. And so they a lot they get they get angry, you know. To in order to in order to protect that wound, they lash out against pro-lifers and that kind of thing, and uh, and it just makes you more sad because you realize. You want to help them even more. Like you want to be able to reach them and help heal that wound for them. But it's almost impossible uh, so many times because because of how difficult and damaging that psychological and spiritual warfare is in their life because of abortion. Uh, it's, a, it's such a tragedy. But that, that story reminded me of that, which leads me to another <clears throat> women-related story. So we were hanging out with some listeners after the conference on Saturday uh, we did a last-minute listener. I needed to do a better job about planning that ahead of time. <laughs> mea culpa, mea culpa. If I was smart, I would have done it at the radio station there. Oh, yeah. It was such a nice station, Station of the it Cross. It cool. Zachary, if you're listening, God love you. Thank you for being the GM there at Station of the Cross. Uh, and thank you for giving me the tour. I really do appreciate it. Their, their chapel is amazing. Uh, is that right? At the radio station. That's cool. We need a chapel. Did you go to Mass there? No, there was no, but no, no Our Lord there. was in repose in the tabernacle. At the chapel at the at the radio station. So nice, jealous. I'm super yeah, jealous. I am too. <laughs> I mean, love it to was just great. Pop into the chapel. That would be yes. Cool. Uh, but Zachary, thank you for that. Appreciate it from uh, the the GM there at Buffalo uh, Station of the Cross. Um, but I was talking to some of the listeners Saturday night at St. Gregory the Great, and uh, we were talking about all the topics we talk on this show, and of course Ukraine, Russia came up, World War Three, and with your with your buddy uh, Joe Biden calling for the regime change. In, in Russia, mm-hmm. you get the sense that people really do want war. I mean, they want a big war. Oh, yeah. They're, they're lining up on both sides here for a war. <laughs> and then the thought, you know, the thought occurred to me that I hadn't really thought about it until I think over the weekend was they could take my sons. Yeah. I mean, if this got big again, like it did in World War I you know, or War II, they're going to initiate a draft. And if that happens, they're going to take my sons. They could take your daughters. That's Joe. the next thought I had. They could take your daughters because there's legislation in place that uh, is well, considering women. I looked that up this drafted. morning. I looked that up this morning because that that thought occurred to me Saturday talking to the guys. I'm like, because I think it was uh, it was Rick. Uh, yeah. I was sitting there. He goes, they could take your daughters. And I'm like, oh man, I hadn't thought of that. Like I, <laughs> like I didn't dawn on me that yeah. like if my sons, you know, it's one thing to take a son. It's quite another to take a daughter. 
And uh, so I knew that was that legislation was going through. So I looked it up this morning. And here's an update I found on that. It says, do women have to register for the U.S. Army draft? Uh, and this is an article out of HITC.com. Um, and it says this. U.S. military has not issued a draft since 1973, but in the event of a war or national emergency, who would qualify? Amid talks of a recent legislation, do women have to register for the U.S. Army draft as well as men? And they break it down. As per the 19th News, Rep. Chrissy Houlihan of Pennsylvania introduced an amendment to the 2022 National Defense Authorization Act requiring women to register for the Selective Service System for the first time in U.S. history. In a statement, Houlihan explained, should our nation face a catastrophe so large we need to activate our selective service system, we must be ready to have all hands on deck. That includes women. The same outlet reports that the amendment was heavily criticized by many, praise be to God, but continued to be negotiated in the Senate. The amendment did not make it into the version of the NDAA that the House eventually passed. As it stands, the Selective Service System law now refers specifically to male persons in sta- I like how they, they say that, to male persons in stating who must register and who would be drafted. For women to be required to register with Selective Service, the law would have to be amended by Congress. Selective Service continues to register only men ages 18 to 25. Praise be to God. <laughs> Could you imagine? There's no escaping to Canada anymore, people. So. No, you definitely you can't go north. Not that I, I mean, I don't. I don't know that I recommend escaping at all. But uh, but my point is, it's like the, the, one. Why would Putin say that? So so is he just tone deaf? Or, Biden, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, it was, it was Biden talking about Putin, wanting Putin <laughs> to be ousted. Why would Biden say this? It's like it's you're only fanning the flame of great war. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make no sense to me. And then they might take your daughters. <laughs> Let's pray that never happens. Let's pray for our sons, too. I don't want my sons to be taken off to senseless war, either. At any rate, that's going to do it for uh, What's Concerning Us. Coming up after the break, we do have breaking news and stories. Nick McKinley is going to be our guest about human trafficking. All that and more is coming up. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time. We'll be right back. Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for the world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. How many times have you heard someone talk about how important it is to be progressive? Have you ever asked them what they mean by that? G.K. Chesterton says, Progress is a useless word, for progress takes for granted an already defined direction, and it's exactly about the direction that we disagree. We can't have progress until we've stated what our goal is. And then we can determine whether or not we're moving closer to it or farther from it. The real question is not whether we are progressive, but what is our goal? My goal is to get to heaven and to help others get there too. What's yours? Want Chesterton for more than a minute? Visit our website at chesterton.org. 
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now, more headlines. Daily Wire reports Russian brigade commander killed deliberately by his own troops over staggering losses in Ukraine. A Russian brigade commander was allegedly killed by his own troops in response to the staggering number of losses the unit had suffered during its invasion of Ukraine under his leadership. We believe he was killed by his own troops deliberately. Indeed, we believe he was run over by his own troops, and I believe he was the commander of the 37th Motor Rifle Brigade, a Western official reportedly added. And The Hill reports New York City to crack down on homeless encampments. New York City Mayor Eric Adams said he plans to clear out homeless encampments in the city and moving the residents to healthy living conditions with wraparound services. The project is expected to take two weeks. Last month, Adams banned people from sleeping or sheltering in the subway system following attacks in the city stations. And the Washington Examiner reports tiny Texas town of Carrizo Springs bears brunt of migrant release releases at border. Excuse me. Emergency management officials in a remote area near Texas's border with Mexico are rushing to figure out how the 5,000-person town of Carrizo Springs can handle backdoor releases of migrants into their community. City and county officials in Carrizo Springs and Dimmit County are bracing for the possibility of a crisis in the coming days as the Border Patrol resorts to, resorts to discharging people in its custody onto the street because a shelter that normally accommodates migrants is at capacity. And the Epic Times reports ex-Clinton campaign lawyer objects to jurors being asked about Trump, Russia, and the Trump-Russia narrative, that is. A lawyer who worked on Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign and is set to go on trial for allegedly lying to the FBI about not representing the, the campaign when he passed on allegations about Clinton's rival Donald Trump to federal officials, is protesting against jurors being asked if they have links to the campaign's promotion of the Trump-Russia collusion narrative. Clinton's campaign and Democrat committee helped pay for the dossier compiled by ex-British spy Christopher Steele that contains salacious but unsubstantiated allegations against Trump. The dossier has since been largely debunked with other components remaining unproven. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up today. Joining us once again on the program, been a long time, is uh, Nick McKinley. He's the founder, executive director of the Deliver Fund. Deliverfund.org is the website, deliverfund.org. Nick, good morning to you. Thank you for being on again. Hey, good morning, Joe. Thanks for having me. Yeah, praise be to God. We're grateful for you being on. I, I want to talk about uh, kind of the, the Florida story that came out, I think it was last week, about the big uh, bust of uh, human uh trafficking there. But before we do that, can I just just thank you for your, you and your team for generously helping to save women and children from Afghanistan. I mean, you guys and a bunch of other great people all over America and the world were doing that. But uh, thank you for doing that. Maybe you can just share an update. How did that come out? Are you are you still doing it? Or I mean, what's the result there? It, so <sighs> Afghanistan is interesting. A lot of folks might wonder why is an organization that's focused on fighting human trafficking predominantly in America, predominantly uh, in, in Western cultures, dealing with Afghanistan and, and the issue is very clear. Um, as Americans, uh, we broke it, so we bought it, to quote, uh, to quote Colin Powell. And when you have these, these crisis situations that happen, predominantly you have a bunch of men making decisions and women and children paying the price for those decisions. And so we had, uh, per, primarily our, our mission was to focus on the, the teenage girls Afghan national soccer team, right? So these are the teenage girls who are trying to be the, trying to uh, 
join the women's team when they get older, right? They're part of the national team, very good soccer players. Taliban didn't like that. So we took on the mission to get them out. Wow. Uh, and by the grace of God, we got them all out. Uh, over 338 people in total. Uh, they all got, uh, they all got uh, refugee or not refugee status, but political asylum status in Lisbon, Portugal. So thank you to the Portuguese for, for, bringing them in uh, and why we didn't bring them in, why our government didn't is, is a question that we need to be asking as U.S. citizens. But but what's great is the, the, the Portuguese brought them in. <laughs> that mission has been accomplished. Uh, we're actually not doing any work in Afghanistan anymore. We're actually currently in Ukraine. We have a team, uh, or not in Ukraine, dealing with uh, Ukrainian issues, specifically with uh, Ukrainian orphans. Uh, Ukraine has one of the largest orphan populations in the world. Really? And yes, and they are, they find themselves in the middle of a war. And anytime you have a, a chaotic situation like that, you have a, a opportunity for human traffickers to take advantage of the chaos and start essentially rounding up women and children uh, for the purposes of selling them everything from adoptions to uh, selling them into the commercial sex industry, forced labor, all types of, of horrific conditions. So we've got a team on the ground in Warsaw right now, um, and they're, they're punching out to the different borders, uh, helping some different governmental organizations figure out what's going on uh, to prevent the trafficking piece. So our crisis response team, uh, while Afghanistan is is over for us, unfortunately, we all know what you know. We all know what the end looks like, yeah. and so we know things are just going to get worse and worse. And there's just going to be more and more women and children paying the prices. So we are mm. uh, actively working uh, working those issues right now. Nick McKinley is our guest. Deliver Fund is his organization. Uh, Nick is a former Special Forces, former CIA, and he's surrounded by some incredible, talented people using those skill sets to hunt down human traffickers. So let's, let's switch to that. What is the status of human trafficking in our country and the world today? Like, uh, give us a sort of a scope of what we're looking at. The, the status of human trafficking is that it is in some ways in some places getting worse and in some places getting better. Uh, and when we look at specifically in the United States of America, one of the things I always like to, to provide is the context for what we're talking about when we're talking about human trafficking. We're talking about human slavery. Uh, human trafficking is just the nice, the nice word that we put on it. Uh, when we talk about the commercial sex industry, uh, we're, talking about, uh, we're talking about pimps, which is the nice word that we put on it, but, but they are, they're human traffickers or slave owners. And within a five-year period, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children found that they had an 846% increase in suspected child trafficking cases. So the question is why? And the reason why is because we all have broadband connected smart, uh, you know, uh, microcomputers in our, in our pockets that we call smartphones. And those microcomputers, those smartphones, Make it so that somebody can order a child to their hotel room the same way they can order a pizza. Mm -hmm. It's actually easier. There's less friction. And, and it comes out to about the same price. So when you think about that, there's a very low barrier to entry in this market, which is the fact that you all a human trafficker needs is a very, very skewed moral compass and a smartphone with internet connection. And those are the things that they are using, that human traffickers are using to prey on our children right now 
And so though, that is the tool that we are using to go after the human traffickers and the places where we have, have uh, put forward this strategy, we've seen a, a, a reduction in human trafficking activity. Uh, the problem is, is uh, we're not quite large enough to do the entire United States simultaneously, but we're working on it. Nick, you know, one of the uh, one of the stories that just broke, I believe it was uh, earlier this month, was a, a major crackdown in Florida. And some of the people arrested happened to to work at Disney, like in maybe in not not formally with like um, like they weren't manager or anything, managers or anything like that, but they worked at Disney. And I'm wondering what role do major theme parks have in the human trafficking trade? I don't know that you have any any like like a theme parks yeah yeah specifically mm -hmm. have a role uh what, what you saw there is, is a highlighting of of really a problem with the fair credit reporting act uh i'm sure disney does does background checks on other employees no doubt they do the best job that they can do at the scale that they have however the fair credit reporting act doesn't allow any any criminal uh it doesn't allow any, any criminal convictions that are more than, uh, or, or even arrest data that's more than seven years old to be reported. Mm -hmm. So if you had any of those employees who were arrested for, say, being a pedophile eight years previous, uh, that wouldn't be reported to Disney and they would, they would end up being hired to work with kids. So I think that we need a we need a specialized version of the Fair Credit Reporting Act specific to working with children that allows mm -hmm. somebody's uh, criminal history to go all the way back to the age of 18 mm -hmm. uh, for everything to be reported. Uh, but also what you see is is much broader, right? So when we look at who gets arrested in these in these stings, right? There's there's really two pieces that here. There's the customer side. And the only time that on the customer side, customers are getting charged with human trafficking, most of the time is when they're trying to have sex with a minor. So think about that. They're, they're, they're trying to have sex with a minor. Disgusting. On the other side, you have the person who's trying to sell the minor for sex. And both of those are under our laws uh, guilty of human trafficking. So look at who they are. There's folks involved in a theme park. There's folks uh, who are, I mean, we, we've had United, we had a, a, an airlines pilot uh, out of Houston. There have been pastors, there have been teachers, there have been executives, there have been janitors. It, it's the whole gamut. So the, the statistics show that 8% of men, and, and it's predominantly men, will purchase commercial sex. So that's actually a very limited wow. market and, and, and purchase it on a routine basis versus the supply is incredibly high. Hold right? that thought. So, Hold that thought. We have to go to a quick break here. Nick McKinley is our guest. Deliver Fund is his organization doing a heroic job of hunting these people down. Deliverfund.org is the website. But we're going to be back with more from Nick in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. 
God love you. When St. Pope John Paul II added the Luminous Mysteries to the Holy Rosary back around 2002, I found the Transfiguration to be one of the most difficult mysteries for me to meditate on. I knew its story, but didn't know how to relate it to my life. Years later, after dealing with some medical struggles, I realized that to experience the Transfiguration was to grasp a small sense of God's grace in my life, a preview of the good things to come. But like the disciples who at the time didn't know what they were witnessing on Mount Tabor, we too need to take in the mysteries of our struggles and our blessings, because in the end, if we cooperate with God, He has a great plan to transfigure us from this mortal state. This is Matt Maloney for KnowTheFaith.net. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Nick McKinley, Executive Director, Founder of Deliver Fund. Deliverfund.org is our guest. We're talking about human trafficking, sex, life, trade, and more. Welcome back to the show, Nick. Um, you were talking about supply and demand before we went to break and how the supply uh, or the demand is very high and the entry, the barrier to entry is very low. So, Anybody that they're not hiding on, uh, you know, on the side of the highway at the uh, DVD shops anymore, they can just call it up on their phone. So uh, maybe you could pick up where you left off. Yes. Yeah, so the the supply is is incredibly high, right? It's it's vulnerable people, which that could be uh, people smuggled across the southern border who exist outside of our system and and then get preyed on by human traffickers. It can be that. 13-year-old girl who just made a TikTok video saying she was mad at her dad, which in this day and age is probably every 13-year-old girl at some point or another, <laughs> right? Um, and, and so think about this, your listeners. For the first time in history, a non-familial 40-year-old man can contact that 13-year-old girl at the very moment she says she's mad at her dad. So at the point of vulnerability, even though he's 3,000 miles away on the other side of the country. Mm. That's never been possible before. And in the modern internet connected society, it is. So we're having this conversation right now because of the internet. You're reaching listeners all over the world because of the internet. So the internet has brought great things to our society. However, the inverse is also true. There's a lot of evils that have come with the internet and we are actively working on fighting the human trafficking portion of that every day. And we do that by not only building our own software. So we built the first purpose-built counter human trafficking software on the planet, right? We have over the last seven years built the largest database of human trafficking activity on the planet. Uh, and so we're actively focused on countering the very act of human trafficking day in and day out. Talk to me about the link between pornography and human trafficking. Pornography is something that uh, we abhor here and we talk often about. I myself was addicted to porn for 21 years and, and I've uh, shared my own testimony on that countless times, but maybe you can uh, link those two things for me. So we know that there is a direct line between pornography and human trafficking. And, and, and when, when I say pornography, I'll, I'll, I'll add 
the commercial sex industry in the middle. And the reason why is the, the pornography world, um, human traffickers will use their victims for pornographic purposes. Uh, they will send them also to strip clubs and they will make them strip and then take all of their money. So, so men who are going to strip clubs and thinking, oh, these girls are choosing to do this, um, go find a little girl anywhere in the world who you know, doesn't have some type of psychological disability and, and ask her, you know, find a single one who wants to be a stripper or wants to be a prostitute or wants to be in pornography. It's, it's just not there. Uh, it, it doesn't exist. So this is not a victimless crime, right? So if, if people who are engaging in pornography, that might be a human trafficking victim on the other side of the camera. Uh, we've seen that and we've actually seen an uptick in what we call cyber trafficking, which is where human traffickers are forcing their victims to produce pornography on sites like OnlyFans. The, the, and the reason why is because of COVID, there wasn't a lot of, uh, there was actually a decreased demand for in-person transactions, if you will. And so human traffickers made their their victims create accounts and start actually uh, doing doing amateur pornography online then that turns into people then want to buy commercial sex because they want to start acting out what they saw and, and experiencing what they see in pornography right not all not all people who engage in pornography but that's the that's the gateway drug so to speak then they get into the commercial sex industry and the studies that we've seen show that if, if anybody has engaged in the commercial sex industry more than three times, there is a hundred percent chance that they have fed money into the human trafficking market. Wow. That's insane. So, so, and the reason why is because human traffickers, right? That let's just face it. It's all forced labor. It just happens to be that the type of forced labor that human traffickers prefer in the West is commercial sex in nature. So, they're forcing these women to do things that they don't necessarily want to do. They're being raped on an industrial scale, and that is all being facilitated through technology. Hmm. So those are that's why we take the approach that we take at Deliver Fund. We're not rescuing girls out of hotel rooms. That's law enforcement's job, and they're very, very good at it. What they need to know is what girls are trafficking victims. And it's, it's not just girls. There's about a, there's a small percentage that's, that's uh, young boys, but it's predominantly, it's predominantly women and girls. Which ones are being trafficked? Where are they? What hotel room are they being trafficked in? And then what evidence is there to help put that human trafficker away? Uh, and so far it's working. It's just uh, that it's working significantly better than, than we'd hoped. Uh, people ask me all the time, hey, Nick, you say this is what God called you to do. How do you know? Because it's working. I'm Praise just not this God. good. <laughs> the last time I talked to you, you were saying that uh, Houston was one of your hubs. You worked very well down in Houston. Uh, has that grown in the last two years since we've talked? Uh, we've actually seen a decrease in human trafficking activity since we've been well, working I, in Houston, which me, is I, the goal. I, forgive me. What I meant was in your cooperation with law enforcement, you, you referred to there was a great a relationship in Houston with law enforcement. And I was curious if you've, if you've seen a growth in your relationship uh, everywhere else. Uh, so, yes, uh, we last time we talked, uh, was that about six months or so ago? At least, yeah. We were, 
yeah, we were probably working with somewhere around 100 uh, law enforcement agencies across the United States uh, and, and increasingly across the globe. We work, I mean, we literally work with the cyber police in, in Kiev, Ukraine. Um, uh, so we were, we were seeing a, a increase in law enforcement uh, cooperation with Deliver Fund. We're currently over 180 uh, law enforcement agencies that we work with, uh, predominantly within the United States. So, Praise God. And, that, and that grows monthly. Well, you know, I, I didn't serve in the Special Forces or the CIA, but I do watch movies. And so every time I, uh, every time I think of uh, human trafficking, I think of cartels. I think of uh, Taken with Liam Neeson. You know, I, I mean, I think our mind is 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 thinking that these are these are bad guys in Europe someplace that are selling people at auction. And I think what you're painting the picture is no, this is the neighbor. This is the the, the people that you think you you could trust or talk to or or whatever. And uh, and it's much more personal and and therefore I think much more dangerous in many ways. Um, tell me about the biggest holes in the fortifications that parents must pay attention to and do something about. Like, what are the biggest weaknesses that we need to shore up? The biggest weakness that parents need to shore up is the internet connection coming into their own home. We teach our children stranger danger at a very young age. We teach them about all the dangers of the physical world. But the reality is the virtual world has significantly more dangerous than, than the physical world does. And that internet connection coming into their home is the unlocked door that allows all the enemies in to prey on their children. And, and I mean, if you talk to any teenage girl who has a social media account, it doesn't matter if it's the Facebook account that they only keep for keeping up with their grandparents because that's predominantly what Facebook is these days, <laughs> to the Instagram account that they use to keeping up with their parents' generation, to the TikTok account that they use to keeping up with their, you know, with their, uh, their school friends. They all can tell you stories of getting contacted by random strangers. And the reason why is because human traffickers can use those technologies to contact our children at scale. And they know that they've got to say, just to make the numbers easy, they've got to, they've got to contact 100 to get 50 to talk to them, to get 10 to agree to a meeting, to get two to actually show up. And those two will make them over $100,000 a year wow. per victim. So for them, the, the juice is worth the squeeze, so to speak. So for parents to understand that that internet connection coming into their home that is how human traffickers are going to contact their children. They're not going to abduct them from a store. It's most likely not going to happen, you know, on the, in, in the parking lot. No, somebody leaving a water bottle on your car is not, a, is not marking you for human trafficking, right? None of those conspiracy theories are true. The non-conspiracy theory is the internet connection coming into their house is how human traffickers and other predators, for that matter, will contact their children tonight. Wow, that's a that's a heavy reality for most parents because they're not willing to shut that internet off, or they're not willing to regulate their smartphones and 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 all of that. And too many teenagers have these phones in their bedrooms at night, staying up, as you pointed out, you know, texting their friends or whatever. Uh, you also mentioned in the past the 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 ability for these people to contact the kids through video games. 
Yes, so uh, we tend to look at video games and social media as different things. All, all parents be like, oh, I don't allow my children on social media, but they're on all the video game platforms and all the chat platforms associated with, with video games. Um, so it's important to understand that video games, gaming is just another form of social media. So there, each one of these games are chat platforms. And we actually, if, if you go to deliverfund.org and you can search through the videos or you can find our channel on YouTube, it's very easy to find. You just search DeliverFund. Mm. you find a video uh, of a human trafficking case that we did with a boy named Noah. Noah was groomed over a period of, uh, of over six months on a video game platform uh, by somebody in a different state and ended up being trafficked for uh, fortunately a very short period of time. Uh, our team got on it, worked with law enforcement and they were able to find him and, and uh, rescue wow. him within a few days. Wow, well, we are out of time. Nick McKinley, thank you for you and your team for what you're doing. It is, uh, it is an amazing thing, praise be to God. And uh, I hope that our listeners will go and support you in that effort. Deliverfund.org is the website, deliverfund.org. Nick McKinley, God bless you, God love you. Have a great day. Thank you. All right. That's going to do it for our number one. Support the heroes that are helping to put these people away. Please do. But uh, in the next hour, if you can join us, we'd love to have you. Our game show, Fear and Trembling, is back. We have brand new prizes at stake to give away, and we're looking forward to that. Plus more good news and the Saint of the Day, all that coming up. Plus our after show. Please join us if you can. Go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt to get the links to our live video streams. And once again, thank you, Chrissy and Teresa. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. If we are what we eat, do we really want to supersize it? One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. In St. Benedict's Rule, a guide he wrote for living in monastic communities, he writes that the need for sustenance varies from person to person and with different times and different activities. Living by the rule, Benedictine monks watch both what we eat and when we eat. The goal is not to burden our bodies by taking as much as we can get, but to feed them just enough to build our bodies up for the task we have been given in life. In our lives of overabundance, St. Benedict's rule for moderation in food and drink is especially relevant. For your free copy of the Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E MinuteMonk.com. Next time you're tempted to supersize it, think about where God has placed you in life and right-size it. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we'll have you at the gate and plenty of time for you to get to confession before mass this evening. Wouldn't it be great if everyone regularly went to confession? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Monday, March the 28th, 2022, and you get to get back at your weekend. I mean, just think, Monday, the whole week is ahead of you. Just imagine what you will accomplish for the glory of God this week. It's going to be a good one. We have a lot of great guests lined up for you. We just interviewed uh, Nick McKinley from Deliver Fund last hour, uh, one of the world's most uh, foremost experts on human trafficking. And, uh, and it's a terrible topic. I hate to cover it, to be honest, but it's an important one. We have to raise awareness of what's going on, and Nick was a great guest. We'll be posting that. You can always get the podcast version on our website, though, when you go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You can find the podcast there or on iTunes or Google Play or Spotify or even our mobile app, by the way. You download our mobile app. You can get the podcast right there. Just search for the Guadalupe Radio Network in your app store. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Isn't that a terrible topic? It is a horrible topic. Horrible topic. It was a bummer. We apologize, but it has to be said. But you know, we have to bring light to that. You know what isn't a terrible topic? Uh, having a picnic at I was the park gonna, this was, weekend. Yes, but with buffalo wings. Oh, Until, of course, good. Adrian Fonseca ruined it for me by telling me how they're made. <laughs> good morning, to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. I don't know if I should tell everybody don't, how please, don't. buffalo <laughs> wings <laughs> are made. But do you know what I? You know what I did this weekend? What'd you do? My uh, buddy Matt. He got confirmed, and he asked me hey, to be a sponsor. So. We, uh, I was a sponsor, did, and it was a beautiful match. Did you practice mass. the slap with him? or? Yeah, I slapped him repeatedly over and over again. I was like, like look. He, like the Will Smith slapper? I, no, no. It was much, much better than slapping that. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, look, the bishop could slap you like this, and I just smack him across the face. like, Or he could smack you like this, and I went back and hit him again. And I was just like, it could be any one of these different slaps. And I yes. hit him out 20 different ways. Well, you want him to be prepared because that's your job as sponsor. Exactly, right? totally. Yeah. So you were taking your role seriously. Oh, so anybody who's going to be a sponsor. So mm. the as a sponsor for someone, you have the right of counsel over that person. Mm. And what uh, and rights and duties are always corresponded. And because you have a right to counsel, mm-hmm. uh you have the uh, your confirmandi, your the person you're that you're a sponsor of, yeah. has a duty to listen to you. He doesn't right always now. have huh. to take your advice, but he has a duty to actually to at least listen to you. 
No wonder nobody's ever go. asked me to be a sponsor. <laughs> now I know. Now I have a I have a question. Uh, maybe we'll talk about it in the after show. We just we have a fifteen minute after show this time, but there's specific things that you can do as a confirmation sponsor. I'll, I'll ask. Remind me later. Okay, I will remind you later. Praise be to God. Thanks. Well, I do want to thank everybody for an incredible shareathon last week. Uh, you guys uh, supporting what we do here means so much to us. It really does make it possible for us to get up early Monday through Friday, read the horrible news sometimes, <laughs> and bring it to you in a consolidated way, uh, but also the inspiration we do. And you make that possible. So uh, for all of us here at the Guadalupe Radio Network, to you who have donated during the share last week, just thank you. God love you and thank you for that. It really does mean so much. And uh, I'm just really so proud of Adrian and uh, Rudy on Friday having such an incredible hour, making up for what we had on Thursday, which was less than (laughs) ideal, less than optimal. But uh, I guess Friday's hour was just so amazing. So praise be to God for that. Can I just thank uh, Chrissy Escamilla and Teresa Vincent today? Uh, They, Chrissy and uh, Teresa, have taken today to offer their prayers, fasting, and penances for our Lenten campaign, which now we've made the turn. Uh, Laudate Sunday was yesterday, so we are more than, we are under halfway now in Lent, so we're very grateful to all of those who have participated in our campaign so far, praying, fasting, and doing penance for the conversion of ardent grave sinners like heretics and blasphemers and peace in our world. So Chrissy and Teresa, thank you for that. Dear listener, if you haven't done so and you would like to join us for that and you want to know more, go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, and you can find all the details there by clicking the uh, CDT 2022 Lenten Campaign link. All right. Praise God. We're going to do good news. We're going to do Saint of the Day, Gospel Day. Then we're going to have a game show with a new prize sponsor this week, right, Rudy? Yes, sir. So prizes are at stake. You could win. But you do have to be the first caller when I give you the phone number, so be on standby for that. Let's pray, and let's begin. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most incomprehensible, and unutterable name of God be always praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, by all the creatures of God, and by the sacred heart of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And here's your good news story for today. Epic Times reports how this uncle with Down syndrome cares for his sister's kids and proves haters wrong. One-year-old Louisa absolutely adores Uncle Matt. He makes her laugh and giggle as he goofs around and calms her with singing as he does the bo- as he does the bottle feed. Their bond is beautiful and even more so because the relationship shows how people with Down syndrome can play a special role in helping care for kids. Special education teacher Erin Johnson, who's 28, and her little brother with Down syndrome, Matthew Rhodes, 22, grew up in Palatine, Illinois, where Matt still lives. Matt is... The most tender-hearted, joyful person you'll ever meet, says Aaron. Matt is a whole lot of fun. He is hilarious and loves to make people smile, said Aaron. He's affectionate, attentive, and gentle with his nephew and niece. He is forgiving and loving. I'm excited that my kids have such a devoted uncle in their lives. He thrives when he is with my kids. It's totally mutual. They will gain so much from him. In addition to helping out the parents, Matt is changing some people's preconceptions about Down syndrome. 
By sharing special moments on her Instagram account, Erin hopes to change the narrative and perspectives that exist surrounding adults with intellectual disabilities. There are a lot of commonly held beliefs about the condition and regrettably sometimes ignorance. I love showing that my brother is capable of more than what people tend to assume a person with Down syndrome can do, she said. There have been many hateful comments, but those only fuel me to keep sharing. The majority of comments we get are very kind, she says. Instagram users often comment that they had no idea people with Down syndrome could care for children, and some thank Erin for sharing glimpses into her family's life. Erin loves watching and recording the everyday moments that Matt has with her kids because it enriches him too. Nothing makes my heart fuller, she said. I'm so glad that my brother gets to have a role where he gets to lead and care because it's often he is the one receiving the care. And that's good news. Thank you very much. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Venturino of Bergoma. He was born at Bergoma and received the habit of the Order of Friars Preachers, that would be the Dominicans, at the convent of St. Stephen Bergoma at, on the 22nd of January, 1319. From 1328 to 1335, he won fame preaching in all the cities of Upper Italy. In February 1335, he planned to make a penitential pilgrimage to Rome with about 30,000 of his converts. Wow, imagine having that many converts. His purpose was misunderstood, and Pope Benedict XII, then residing at Avignon, thought that Venturino wished to make himself the Pope. He wrote letters to Giovanni Paganotti, Paganotti the Bishop of An Angani, and his spiritual vicar, to the canons of St. Peter's and St. John Laterans, and to the Roman senators, empowering them to stop the pilgrimage. This complaint, to the, this complaint to the Dominican Master General resulted in an ordinance of the Chapter of London in 1335 condemning such pilgrimages. Imagine, they, they condemned a pilgrimage. The Pope's letters and commands, however, did not reach Venturino, and he arrived in Rome on the 21st of March, 1335. He was well-received, and he ended up preaching in various churches. Twelve days later, he left Rome without explanation, and, he, and the pilgrimage ended in disorder. In June, he requested an audience with Benedict XII at Avignon, and he was seized and cast into prison. He was restored to favor by Pope Clement VI, who appointed him to preach a crusade against the Turks on the 4th of January, 1344. His success was remarkable, and he urged the Pope to appoint Umbert II of Dupuyne, whose friend and spiritual advisor he had been, as a leader of the crusade. But Humbert proved incapable, and the crusade came to nothing. Venturino's writings consist of sermons and letters, many, or if not most, of which are now lost. He died in Smyrna, St. Venturino of Bergoma, Pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 4, verses 43 through 54. At that time, Jesus left Samaria for Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his native place. When he came into Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, since they had seen all he had done in Jerusalem at the feast. For they themselves had gone to the feast. Then he returned to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. Now there was a royal official whose son was ill in Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him 
and asked him to come down to heal his son, who was near death. Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The royal official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, You may go, your son will live. The man believed what Jesus said to him and left. While the man was on his way back, his slaves met him and told him that his, bo his boy would live. He asked them when he began to recover, and they told him, The fever left him yesterday about one in the afternoon. The father realized that just at that time Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. And he and his whole household came to believe. Now this was the second sign Jesus did when he came into Galilee from Judea, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Notice it was after the healing of his son that he came to believe, not before we made that distinction in the last hour. But why does our Lord not go to Nazareth? Why does he not go? Because they have hard hearts and a prophet is not honored in their own country. Saint Theophilicate, or not Theophilicate, it's not saint, but Theophilicate would say the evangelist reminds us of the miracle in order to express the praise due to the Samaritans. For the Galileans in receiving him were influenced as well by the miracle he had wrought with them as by those they had seen at Jerusalem. The nobleman certainly believed in consequence of the miracle performed at Cana, though he did not yet understand Christ's full greatness. And there was a certain nobleman whose sick son at Capernaum. And that distinction, I think, is very powerful meditation for us today. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, a number of things that Cornelius Lapide had to say about this passage. He said, The Father therefore knew from whence we may understand, says Bede, that there are degrees of faith as well as other virtues. There is the beginning, the increase, and the perfection of faith. So they're beginning, the increase, and perfection of faith. That's the spiritual journey. We have to start somewhere, right? We begin all where we are at currently, and then we have to increase in faith. But we cannot just keep increasing in faith, but we, and in fact, have to become perfect. And the bishop at the confirmation I was at, he made a very good point. He said that our Lord uh, orders us doesn't ask us, but he orders us, be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. And God does not ask of us anything that he does not give us the grace to fulfill. And so that means that God, vis-a-vis -vis his, or by the very fact, by the uh, means of confirmation, has given us the power to become perfect. This man's faith had its beginnings when he asked for his son's safety. It's increased whenever he believed the word of the Lord saying, thy son liveth. And it was perfected by the announcement of his servants. Moreover, because the nobleman dwelt at Capernaum as well as a centurion, we need not doubt that they were friends and that the centurion through this miracle, which was prior in point of time, conceived so great faith in Christ that he said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. But speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. I had actually never heard anyone make this connection before, that the centurion and this nobleman actually knew each other, and that's where the centurion first received his faith. Very interesting. And where he heard the word preached. And finally, the seven. Why the seventh hour? Well, Cornelius Lapide says, one, because seven is a symbol of the Sabbath and of rest in which is health. 
two, because the same number is the symbol of the sevenfold Holy Spirit, in whom is all salvation. Have you ever thought, why is it that seven is a lucky number, and when you're playing, let's say, I'm not encouraging this, but when you play slot machine, seven, seven, seven is a winning number. Why is that? Because seven is a number of perfection, and three is a, or seven is a number of, uh, of perfection, right? And three is a perfect, is also a number of like unity. And so a seven, three sevens symbolizes like a perfect perfection or the fullness of perfection. And that's why sevens are considered lucky numbers. Amen. Praise be to God. Love the sevens. All right. It's time to play our game, Fear and Trembling. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back. The first caller who calls in gets to be the contestant, and new prizes are at stake. You could win. It's a lot of fun. So if you've never played, why not make today that day? Call right now, 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. 24. Call now. That phone line is available to you at 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Beer and Trimbling is up next. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture. Read the Catechism. Listen to apologetics tapes. Listen to Catholic radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5, verse 10. Do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes, and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire success. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you, and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. 
the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have secrets and agendas. But what I need more than telling you all of my secrets and agendas, which you're probably going to tell other people, uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't you laughing at me, is a phone call. We need a caller on the line. So if you've never called, call now. If if it's been at least a month since you played, you're welcome to try again. But it's, make sure it's at least a month. 877-757-9424 is the phone number. 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. First caller gets to be the contestant, and we're going to have a, a good time playing the game today. But I will tell you my secrets and my agendas, but you must promise me not to share this information with anybody else. All right? So that's the deal. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So, of course, we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you did not know before. Praise be to God. Uh, that's always a good thing. I mean, just think about the bragging rights alone, right? Uh, number two, we like to have a laugh. We like to have fun. And our callers tend to be amazing. The best. They laugh with us, and we really enjoy that. They're great sports. And then, of course, we give out prizes. Now, is it just me, Rudy? Is it, it's been a while since we've had like a like a, a sponsor it other than us. Feels like that, yeah. but uh, I think we had one the week before. We did. Okay, yeah, the week prior. Oh wait, well no. Yeah. Well, we had a mix well, who, up since who's the sponsor this week? Well, anyway, praise be to God. Our sponsor this week is Blessed Catholic. Amber is generously sponsoring our game show with an Our Lady of Lords blue enameled Ooh. medal, which is actually vintage. Really? And at Blessed Catholic, you will find an impressive collection of antique and vintage Catholic medals, rosaries, and holy cards from around the world. Please check out her store and consider being a patron. Her store is Blessed Catholic, one word, on Etsy. Nice. Blessed Catholic on Etsy. Thank you. We're very grateful for this generous gift to give away to one of our listeners today. So praise be to God for that. All right, let's go to the phones. There were several calls that did come in right there, so thank oh, you nice. for that. If you don't get on today, try back tomorrow. Call in early, and uh, you get to make sure you get a chance. But let's go to the phones. Lupita, good morning to you. Hello, good morning. Praise be to God, Lupita. Thank you for calling. Where are you calling from? Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas, a beautiful nice. part of the country, to be sure. Where do you go to church? I go to St. John and Terrell. St. John and Terrell. I believe I have been there once. It's probably been a decade, but mm. praise be to God. And Lupita, are you familiar with the game? Do you know how all this works? Yes, I'm very nervous. Why? <laughs> Tell me about that. Why would you be nervous, Lupita? I mean, I'm on your side. You know you got a friend in me. It's the other two we have to worry about. Right. It's been a while since I've heard this show because I go to work in earlier, so I'm very competitive. So oh, nice. <laughs> well, praise be to God. Well, Lapita, I have no doubt you're going to do great. And like I said, you and me, we're going to get this done, and we're glad you're here. Are you ready to play? Yeah. Let's do this. As is our custom, our tradition, our patrimony, we will start with Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe Rudy. Good morning, Joe. Hey, are you ready? I'm so ready. Are you sure? I'm. I miss this game. <laughs> yeah, I do I miss too. playing with you. Especially since last year, you guys flipped the tables on me and asked me the question. That was, <laughs> that was rough. I don't want to be on that side of the equation. Uh, are, are you sure, Rudy? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. I, okay. I suppose, okay. I guess. Hey, Rudy, can you tell me how many statues 
may be on the altar at Holy Mass. Mm, okay, well, you want to be symmetrical about it. All right? uh, okay, rule so, number one. So you don't have two on one side, one uh -huh. on the other. You have oh, just, no? just two, right. one on right. each side, Okay. two you've, forms a triangle. You've obviously not talked to my wife or seen my wife in our altar uh, at home. I don't think she's following that, that rule. So she's asymmetrical? <laughs> I don't know, Joe. Yeah, a lot of statues. So that. how many are you saying two? Two. Two. Just, two, just two, yeah. two. Okay. Uh -huh. I don't know, uh, Lapita. I think we ought to get a second opinion on this. Uh, hey, Adrian. Hey. Hey, Joe. <laughs> it's been a while. We're I should rusty. probably uh, turn my mic on. We're so rusty. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me how many statues may be on the altar at Holy Mass? How many statues may be on the altar at Holy Mass? Yes, sir. Okay, yeah. That would be none. What? Zero. Like zilch. I can have what? Not, not even one? Less than one. Le less than but, So a half. But more than negative one? But, so like if you took a statue that broke, you could at least put the broken one on there. No, absolutely not. That's less than one. No statues on the altar. None. Nope. So you're, you're going to go hard no. I'm going to say huh. hard no. Okay. Lupita, here's the deal. How many statues? Brother Adrian says none. Brother Rudy says two, and they have to be symmetrical. Balanced. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Lupita, what say you? I would go with Adrian. I would say none. Do you have to go with Adrian? It's like that. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> you could, you get to go with Adrian. You're so welcome. Oh. You're very welcome. Lupita is a lit liturgy oh. expert. Praise be to God. Congratulations. You got it right. You're in the cup, Lupita. No more being anxious now. You could actually win at this point. You don't even need to get the other two correct. So uh, praise God for that. But I th let's try to double your chances. How about it? Okay, uh, we're gonna go All to right. we're gonna go to Brother Adrian this time. Uh, that's dangerous. <clears throat> yeah, tell me about it. How many miracles of Christ are told in the Gospels? Hmm, this is a tough one. Well, it does say in Scripture that there are more that Christ did more miracles mm -hmm. than could be fit in books. I'm gonna say. He did an infinite amount of miracles. An infinite? Uh-huh. Huh. Interesting. So you, <laughs> Uncountable. Is that like taking a pass on the question? He doesn't want to put a number to it? I, that's a number. Hmm. Is it? Is infinite a number? It's a, a mm. non... It's a... Actually, I guess it's not a number. So an infinite. Infinite not you're, a number. You're just going to go with an... I'm going to say a numerless. An infinite God giving infinite miracles. Numerous numerless. Numerous. Uh, let's just see what uh, Rudy has to say. Hey, Rudy, can you tell me how many miracles of Christ were written about, told about in the Holy Gospels? Okay. So if you were paying attention yeah. and you listened to Adrian talking about mm -hmm. numbers yeah. just now, just a yeah. few minutes ago, yeah, two numbers of perfection, <laughs> three and seven, 37. 37 miracles you did counted there. I see what you did yep. there. You took those two and you add them. Three and seven. Yep. Mind blown. 37 is your That's answer. That's correct. It's a very specific number. It is, isn't Unlike it? infinite, which is <laughs> nebulous. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Take a shot every this time. It's got to be the hardest one of the day here, uh, Lupita. I, I don't envy you it at is. all. Oh, my gosh. Uh, how many miracles? Uh, Brother Rudy says 37. Very precise. Versus Brother Adrian says infinite. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Lupita, what say you? Oh, that is so tricky. Um, I mean, I, I do know that there are very many that aren't written. So I would go with Adrian. That is Joe, you're okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> Joe, Whoa, Adrian. Joe was choking. Joe was choking on a fish bone. We got the 37. 37. 37. I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, Mea culpa, I feel like uh-huh. I let you down on that. I'm, I'm so sorry. In fact, yeah. it is 37, and uh, Brother Adrian was throwing a, a curveball low right corner. Uh, yeah, definitely it's 37 is the answer. But don't worry. You're in the cup. You could still win. No, no harm, no foul. <laughs> I still think we're going to get you in there twice with this next question, which is easily the easiest question of at least today, I think. Okay. You ready? We're going to go back to Rudy for this. Rudy? Joe. Can you tell me? Mm-hmm. What is the fourth Sunday of Lent called? Fourth Sunday of Lent. The only other time of the year where they wear the rose-colored vestments. Latare Sunday. Hot pink. Hot pink. Magenta, magenta. What is it? Is it? Is it magenta or pink? All right. Before we get distracted, what's your answer? Latare Sunday. Latare Sunday. I think I've heard that before. Possibly even yesterday. Hey, uh, Rudy. Adrian. No. Hey, Rudy. Adrian. (laughs) How you doing? Can you tell we haven't done this in a while? (laughs) Hey, Adrian. That's my name. Ah, You didn't get the name tag after all. Um, can you tell me, what is the fourth Sunday of Lent called? The fourth Sunday of Lent. That would be Gaudete Sunday. Yeah, there's a song about that. Gaudete, Gaudete. I always have flashbacks to Star Trek from the 1960s. That's so weird. Every time I hear that I don't song. understand that. Neither do I, trust me. All right, that is a tricky one nonetheless, but what is the fourth Sunday of Holy Lent called? Is it... Gaudete, as Brother Adrian seems to think, or is it Laudete, as Brother... Laetare. 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 What did I say? He <laughs> said Laetare. Tar- I have no idea what you said. Rudy Laudete. said Laetare, though, didn't you? Let me just be clear. Yeah, Rudy said Laetare. Clear as clear. Joey said Laudate. No, it's not that. Laetare for Rudy and Gaudete for Adrian. 15 seconds. Lapita, do you even have any idea how mad I messed this up? <laughs> What is your answer? Y'all are, y'all are messed up, but I'd go with Rudy. Oh, Let's go. Praise oh, God. So wise, Lupita. Oh, Pray for me, Lapita. I haven't had coffee since before Ash Wednesday. <laughs> and we're paying the price. You are paying the price for my my penance. God bless you, Lapita. Thank you for playing the game. I, I do want to say thank you guys for being so godly. Men of God, I really, really enjoy the show and hearing y'all. Thank y'all so much. God bless y'all. Amen. God bless you too. We're going to put you on hold. See you in the after show. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. 
Today we celebrate Monday of the fourth week of Lent. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Forty days and forty nights He was fasting in the wild Forty days and forty nights Tempted and yet undefiled Shall we not thy sorrow share And from worldly joys abstain Fasting with unceasing prayer Strong with thee to suffer pain In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Amen the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to, to Almighty God, God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words in what, what I have done, in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all of the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who renew the world through mysteries beyond all telling, Grant, we pray, that your church may be guided by your eternal design and not be deprived of your help in this present age. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, Lo, I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The things of the past shall not be remembered or come to mind. Instead, there shall always be rejoicing and happiness in what I create. For I create Jerusalem to be a joy and its people to be a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and exult in my people. No longer shall the sound of weeping be heard there, or the sound of crying. No longer shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not round out his full lifetime. He dies a mere youth who reaches but a hundred years, and he who fails of a hundred shall be thought accursed. They shall live in the houses they build, and eat the fruit of the vineyards they plant. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
I will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. I will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. I will extol you, O Lord, for you drew me clear and did not let my enemies rejoice over me. O Lord, you brought me up from the netherworld. You preserved me from among those going down into the pit. I will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. Sing praise to the Lord, you his faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger lasts but a moment, a lifetime his good will. At nightfall, weeping enters in, but with the dawn, rejoicing. I will I praise, praise you, Lord, Lord for you, you have, have rescued me. Hear, O Lord, and have pity on me. O Lord, be my helper. You changed my mourning into dancing. O Lord, my God, forever will I give you thanks. I will I praise, praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Seek good and not evil so that you may live, and the Lord will be with you. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. At that time, Jesus left Samaria for Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his native place. When he came into Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, since they had seen all he had done in Jerusalem at the feast for they themselves had gone to the feast. Then he returned to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. Now there was a royal official whose son was ill in Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son who was near death. Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The royal official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, You may go, your son will live. The man believed what Jesus said to him and left. While the man was on his way back, his slaves met him and told him that his boy would live. He asked them when he began to recover. They told him, the fever left him yesterday, about one in the afternoon. The father realized that just at that time Jesus had said to him, Your son will live, and he and his whole household came to believe. Now this was the second sign Jesus did when he came to Galilee from Judea. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. you are walking around the streets of Rome, the most common greeting which is given to priests or religious is the word salve, which originates from the Latin word salus, which means health. In other words, when you greet the person that you're wishing them that they would be having good health. 
It's also the origin of the word uh, savior or salvation really comes from that word health. And that really helps us to see what the mission of Jesus is going to be. That Jesus as savior uh, comes to be the great healer of body and soul. We see in today's gospel with Jesus healing the royal official son from his fever that Jesus is the great healer, the one who has come to save, the one who has come to heal us in both body and soul. Of course, what activates the healing power of Jesus is ultimately the faith of the royal centurion. It says in, in his belief that Jesus truly is the, the savior, the great healer, that ultimately that his son is able to be healed. Today we are also reminded in a special way that our Blessed Mother Mary is sometimes as well referred to as the Salus Populi Romani. There's a beautiful image or icon in Rome of our Blessed Mother Mary and the title of course meaning the, the health of the people of Rome. And it goes back to a time in the sixth century when Saint Gregory of the Great um, begging Mary's intercession on behalf of a plague that was, uh, that was harming the city at that time, ordered that a procession would be held with our Blessed Mother's icon or image and taken through the streets in order to pray for her intercession before her divine son, the great healer, Jesus Christ. And so my brothers and sisters, today as we go forward in this Lenten season, let us ask God above all things to help heal us of any plague of sin that exists in our life, that we would always turn in faith to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and recognize that he is the one whose healing touch can save us from the powers of sin, from the power of temptation. And let us today in a special way as, as well pray to the intercession of our blessed mother Mary, that she would intercede for us before the great healer, before our divine savior, and that her prayers would also help to lead us to overcome the plague of sin. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for his physical and spiritual needs. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for government leaders, that they would be inspired by the Holy Spirit to enact just laws that would always protect the dignity of human life, especially at its most vulnerable stages and the unborn, and that they would be men and women of peace. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick and the suffering, that they would be given consolation in their faith and experience the healing touch of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our family, friends, and benefactors, for all those who have asked for our prayers, for all those joining us online and through radio, and for those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for an increase in vocations to the priesthood and religious life. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And we pray that during these holy days of Lent, that we would be inspired in faith to turn to our divine Savior to heal us from the wounds of sin. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And for those intentions that we hold in our heart.
we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. Attende Domine, et miserere, qui apecavimus tibi. Ate rexume, omnium redemptor, oculos nostros, sublevamus flentes, exaudi Christe, supplicantum preces, attende domine, Et miserere, qui apecavimus tibi. Rogamus Deus, tua maestatem, oribus sacris, gemitus exauti, crimina nostra, Placitus induce, attende domine, et miserere, qui apecavimus tibi. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. May we receive, O Lord, we pray, the effects of this offering dedicated to you, so that we may be cleansed from old earthly ways and be renewed by growth in heavenly life, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, for you will that our self-denial should give you thanks. Humble our sinful pride, contribute to the feeding of the poor, and so help us imitate you in your kindness. And so we glorify you with countless angels, as with one voice of praise we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, plenis uncelli et terra, gloria tua, hosanna in excelsis, benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, hosanna, in excelsis. 
To you, therefore, most merciful Father, we make humble prayer and petition through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, that you accept and bless these gifts, these offerings, these holy and unblemished sacrifices, which we offer you firstly for your holy Catholic Church. Be pleased to grant her peace, to guard, unite, and govern her throughout the whole world. Together with your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all those who, holding to the truth, hand on the Catholic and apostolic faith. Remember, Lord, your servants and all gathered here, whose faith and devotion are known to you. For them we offer you this sacrifice of praise, or they offer it for themselves and all who are dear to them, for the redemption of their souls in hope of health and well-being, and paying their homage to you, the eternal God, living and true. In communion with those whose memory we venerate, especially the glorious ever-Virgin Mary, Mother of our God and Lord, Jesus Christ, and blessed Joseph, her spouse, your blessed apostles and martyrs, Peter and Paul, Andrew, James, John, Thomas, James, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Simon, and Jude, Linus, Cletus, Clement, Sixtus, Cornelius, Cyprian, Lawrence, Chrysogonus, John and Paul, Cosmas and Damian, and all your saints. We ask that through their merits and prayers in all things we may be defended by your protecting help. Therefore, Lord, we pray, graciously accept this oblation of our service, that of your whole family. Order our days in your peace and command that we be delivered from eternal damnation and counted among the flock of those you have chosen. Be pleased, O God, we pray, to bless, acknowledge, and approve this offering in every respect. Make it spiritual and acceptable so that it may become for us the body and blood of your most beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. On the day before he was to suffer, he took bread in his holy and venerable hands, with eyes raised to heaven, to you, O God, his Almighty Father. Giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took this precious chalice in his holy and venerable hands, and once more giving you thanks, he said the blessing and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the Blessed Passion, the resurrection from the dead and the glorious ascension into heaven of Christ, your Son, our Lord, we, your servants and your holy people, offer to your glorious majesty from the gifts that you have given us, this pure victim, this holy victim, this spotless victim, the holy bread of eternal life and the chalice of everlasting salvation. Be pleased to look upon these offerings with a serene and kindly countenance and to accept them as once you were pleased to accept the gifts of your servant Abel the just, the sacrifice of Abraham our father in faith and the offering of your high priest Melchizedek a holy sacrifice, a spotless victim.
In humble prayer we ask you, Almighty God, command that these gifts be borne by the hands of your holy angel to your altar on high, in the sight of your divine majesty, so that all of us who through this participation at the altar receive the most holy body and blood of your Son may be filled with every grace and heavenly blessing. Remember also, Lord, your servants who have gone before us with the sign of faith and rest in the sleep of peace. Grant them, O Lord, we pray, and all who sleep in Christ, a place of refreshment, light, and peace. To us also, your servants, who, those sinners, hope in your abundant mercies, graciously grant some share in fellowship with your holy apostles and martyrs, with John the Baptist, Stephen, Matthias, Barnabas, Ignatius, Alexander, Marcellinus, Peter, Felicity, Perpetua, Agatha, Lucy, Agnes, Cecilia, Anastasia, and all your saints. Admit us, we beseech you, into their company, not weighing our merits, but granting us your pardon, through Christ our Lord, through whom you continue to make all these good things, O Lord. You sanctify them, fill them with life, bless them, and bestow them upon us. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Praeceptis salutaribis moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus dicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, Sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum, da nobis hodie, et imite nobis debita nostra, Sicut et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, you said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. peace. On you stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, Miserere nobis, Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, 
Dona nobis Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, Lord I, am I am not worthy that you should, should enter under my roof, roof but only but say the word, word and my soul shall be healed. Be healed. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you are already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. I heard the voice of Jesus say, Come unto me and rest. Lay down, thou weary one, lay down thy head upon my breast. I came to Jesus as I was, weary and worn and sad. I found in him a resting place, and he has made me glad. I heard the voice of Jesus say, Behold, I freely give the living water, thirsty one, stoop down and drink and live. I came to Jesus, and I drank of that life-giving stream. My thirst was quenched, my soul revived, and now I live in Him. Let us pray. May your holy gifts, O Lord, we pray, give us life by making us new and by sanctifying us, lead us to things eternal through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Bow your heads and pray for God's blessing. Renew your people within and without, O Lord, and since it is your will that they be unhindered by bodily delights, give them, we pray, perseverance in their spiritual intent through Christ our Lord. Amen. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, Most Holy Immaculate Virgin Mary, You are the Mother of God Himself. You are the Queen of all creation.
the prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Transmitting the treasures of our Catholic faith to your radio every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.